that right here. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who chapter 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved, and hath <clears throat> raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, 
that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. All right, turn back with me to Ephesians chapter 2 again. Where Brother Jane read first, verses 1 through 10. I know many times we have established from this pulpit that we are saved by grace through faith. And that faith is not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. That's what verse 8 tells us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of work, lest any man should boast. However, in our lives, we do good works. But how are we able to do good works? Verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship. The blind man that He healed by spitting on the clay, rubbing it together, making a salve and putting on the blind man's eyes. That was workmanship by God. It worked. It, it brought his, the man, blind man's sight back. He'd been blind from birth. But God was involved in that good work, you see. God was there. That was him that spit on the ground and created the eye salve which is something he does for us in a spiritual way, isn't it? It is. And it comes from him. The ISAB comes from him, so it's good. What I want us to see this morning is that we are ordained to walk in good works. Ordained by who? The Creator. Ordained by God himself who created you. And he created you just like he wanted you to be. I know we look at ourselves and uh, certainly in the past at ourselves and we think we're terrible, and we are, in and of ourselves. But we're not terrible when we're in Christ Jesus. In His presence, we are able to do things that are good. Not only able... But in God's perfect plan for you and for me in our daily walk, He has ordained those good works that they would come forth, that they would happen, and use us to make them happen. We are His workmanship. We need to think about that. We're His workmanship. We belong to Him. Why? Because He created us. We're the way we are. Why? Because that's the way He created us. Now, we were born in sin, and that was from the fall and the curse on earth and mankind because, of, uh, because Adam and Eve did not trust and obey. They listened to someone else who made uh, rebellion to God sound good, nice, wonderful, They'll learn a lot of new things that God didn't want them to know that this is all the lie 
from Satan in the Garden of Eden. And they didn't entrust, trust and obey. And so, as we just sang, it's the only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Well, they took a different route. They trusted somebody else. That's something that we can't do. We have to trust in God and in His ability and promise to give us His authentic Word. He's always right. He doesn't change. Neither does His Word. We're going to see that God's Word, the psalmist said, is forever settled in heaven. It is His eternal Word. So, God has ordained that we should walk in them. Them being good works. Well, what is good? Good is relative uh, in the mind of mankind, isn't it? We do things that we know in our mind and even in the mind of those around us are, are good. They're good things. But spiritually good or true good comes from the Lord. Amen. Who's good? Only Him. Amen. Who was ever good who walked a life on this earth? Only Him. Only Him. We've talked about the Lord's parable of the seed. And we all know the parable of the seed. And the seed that grew, grew because it was planted in good ground. And we've talked about what made that ground good. It was the presence of God. Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. They were perfect. They were with God. And it was good. God saw His creation and said, It's good. But they were in the presence of God. They walked on holy ground in the Garden of Eden. Why? Because He was there. Joshua was told to take care of it because you're standing on holy ground. What made it that? God was there, see. Standing between Joshua and the problem that God had given him to conquer. God's in that same position in your life today. A lot of times we like to use our problems to get between us and God. Well, I was going to read Scripture this morning, but so-and-so called me, and now I'm off doing this and that and worrying about this and that. But you see, the opposite is true. God is actually standing between us and the issues of life. The issues of life will get between us and Him if we allow them to. But as we stay in His presence, we are able, capable, because of the presence of Him and the Holy Spirit in our life, to do what? Good works. Good works. Good comes from God. Good works are done in His presence. None is good but Him. And again, we have been ordained to do these good works in our lives. And ordained means it's God's plan for you to do them. Who can thwart God's hand? 
Who can change him or his will for you? Nobody. Not even you. God is in control. He is in control. So, look back to the first chapter of Ephesians. We're in Ephesians chapter 2. And I've loved these two chapters since the Lord saved me. Very long time ago. It's longer and longer. So back to the first chapter. And this is so good that you don't know where to start, right? So in verse 9 it says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. There's some good works ordained right there. And how are they performed in him? You see, he purposed his good pleasure, what he wants out of your life and for you in your life. He has purposed them in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, and he's in control of time, all of these good works that are coming about because God has ordained them to come about and has ordained to use us to make them come about. They're all come about in his exact perfect time. So that's what he's talking about. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. What has he ordained us to do? But to tell others the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? To witness of him. And by this, he gathers his sheep together. He's not going to miss one. He didn't forget to ordain a particular... Uh, time when someone would tell the gospel to someone else and they would believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit quickened them. He, he didn't miss one, did he? No. All the way until he comes back, every one of his sheep will be saved. Why? Because God has ordained somebody to tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's ordained for the Holy Spirit to be there to make it effectual or to take the spiritual clay and rub it into blind eyes and send them to a place. Remember, it was called sent. Send them to a place where the blindness will be washed away. What does God do when He gathers His children? He brings them to the church, doesn't He? He brings them here where they will hear more of the cleansing Word of God. Excuse me. That in the dispensation, verse 10 again, the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ. How else is anybody going to get to heaven? How else is anybody going to live forever with God? No other way. It's in him. In Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him and only in him. Verse 11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of what? 
his own will. You see, he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. And he's working that purpose out in your life. He's bringing those people in your presence. He's making it happen. We think, well, we have to do this and we have to do that. And we're correct. Because trust comes with obedience, doesn't it? This is not salvation by works. This is obedience to a God that loved us enough to give His own Son to save us from ourselves and from our sinful condition. He works all things after the counsel of His own will. Why? Verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth. What's the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. That's it. That's the word of truth. That's God's plan to save souls, isn't it? It is. In whom also, after that you believed, now first, you had to hear. Somewhere you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you believe in him. You had to hear it first, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard. So you heard about Jesus Christ. You heard that he came to this earth to save a group of people that God the Father had given to him before the foundation of the world because they were all fallen. All of their hearts were wicked, and who could know them? All had fallen, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, you saw your need. You saw the condition that you were in. You had to hear that. You had to hear that God sent His only begotten Son to live a life for you and in your place. He lived in your place. And then you trusted that you were on his mind when he was hanging on the cross of Calvary. Oh, the mind of God is so far above us. We can't perceive. But we may think humanly, well, he was only on the cross for so many hours. How could he have thought of everybody? He's God. He knew who he went there for. He's always known you. Way before you existed. That's how great a God we serve. To whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. But the gospel story doesn't end there. No, he was buried in a rich man's tomb. In three days he arose having paid the entire price for the condition that you now, that you heard the gospel, see yourself in. And he arose triumphant over those that would keep you down, his enemies and your enemies. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed you were sealed. I love that word. 
I love that word, seal. Makes me think of Noah and the seven souls that were with him in the ark. Who shut them in there? God did. The Lord shut them in. You are shut in to where? Into Jesus Christ. And the ark uh, is a great type of Jesus Christ. They were safe in Him. Completely safe in Him. After that you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Well, this salvation that verse 13 is talking to us about is eternal. It's eternal. A lot of people are trusting in themselves to hold on to what they believe is their salvation. Worldwide. It's everywhere. But I'm telling you, God cannot look at you in and of yourselves and see good. You can't do what He requires. But oh, take comfort. The Lord said, you'll have tribulation in the world, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He has overcome all of our enemies, hasn't he? Yes, he has. He has sealed us in the Holy Spirit. And that sealing, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, is the earnest, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Once again, he is in control, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that my continuance in him is not dependent on me. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm a failure. But I have a Savior who is triumphant. How many times did he fail? Never. How many times did he sin? Never. And you see that, I said that God can't look on us in and of ourselves and see good. But he's not looking on you and your own ability. He's looking on Jesus Christ who shed his perfect blood. And he's looking through that blood at you. And he's saying, they are justified in my son. This is my beloved Son, God the Father said, in whom I am well pleased. Boy, isn't it awesome to have that trust that He's your Savior? God's pleased with me through Him. It's that standing on the rock we talk about all the time. Standing on the foundation of what He has done for me. Not what I can do for myself. Again, He has justified us by giving His perfect life 
by faith we are able to stand. Once again, we stand on what? The principle of God's Word. The, the commandments, the Ten Commandments. We stand on that. Why? Because God gave it to us as a ruler to walk by. As a formula to live by. We've seen that the Ten Commandments are God's moral laws for us. But deeper than that, they reflect His own character. You see, He's holy and He's righteous. And He's perfect in all His ways. And through His Son, so are we. Oh, what a Savior. If you're standing on Him this morning, if you're trusting in Him, you can have confidence that you're going to be with Him forever. You're going to be praising Him. Somebody may tell you, if they see you doing what they perceive as good works, you're going to have a crown in heaven. Well, if you do, I promise you, you're going to take it off and you're going to throw it at Jesus' feet. Because He earned this life that you got coming. And He paid a great and a terrible price. Alright, turn moving now to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I actually didn't get near as far as I originally intended this morning, but God's Word is deep. And if you dwell in one place long enough, you're going to find things that you didn't originally see. Our original pastor, Brother John Suarez, used to talk about digging up gold nuggets in the Word. Some of y'all will remember that. He'd say, we're going to stay right here and we're going to dig for a while. And we're going to find some gold nuggets of truth. Some comforting nuggets of truth that we can take to heart and live with and live by. All right, John 14. I hope you all know this by heart, I'm sure. In verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Why not? Because you believe in God. Believe also in me. And this is Jesus speaking by the way. In my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he just said he was going to, he doesn't lie, nor can he lie. So he's going to prepare a place. And if, or as I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. More of that perfect plan of redemption. He's coming back, and he's going to get us. We're going to be like him. We're going to know him because we're going to be like him. Holy, righteous, and pure. Because of what he's done for us. I go, verse 3, prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also, and this is eternal. 
And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. And of course, Doubting Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Amen. I am the truth. As we study his word, we're studying him. As we learn his word, we're learning him. As we partake of his word, we're partaking of him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. Why? Because they're one. That was God that spit on that clay and healed the blindness from birth that others would see. He'd always planned it, see? He'd always planned the gospel that I heard. From the person I heard it from. He'd always planned that. And he saw that it came about. It came about. If you had known me, you all if you had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Then Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Show us God the Father, and we'll quit asking. We'll be happy then. Just that one more thing. Just show us one more thing and we'll be happy. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. You see, we've come all the way, a big circle, all the way around, and back to good works that we are ordained to do. How are we able to do good works? I mean, truly good works. This is how. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. The Holy Spirit of God, who is one with the Father and the Son, dwelleth in us. He's the one that's causing these good works to come about. He's the one that encourages us to speak the gospel to others. He's the one that makes it effectual. You see, he takes away those blind eyes. How long had that fellow been blind? His whole life. We're born spiritually blind, aren't we? We are. But praise God, there was a time and a place ordained by God where He would quicken us and save our souls. Verse 11 says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. That's you. You believe in him. The works that he did, you shall do also. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, Keep my commandments. 
Now we're back to the song. Trust and obey. Because God's way is always the right way. Uh, we have this book to instruct us, to lead us, to guide us. And then we have the Holy Spirit that shows it to us so that we do understand. He grants us wisdom. He grants us discernment. In other words, we're able to apply His Word to our lives. And it begins in our thoughts, doesn't it? Certainly. What we think, what we speak, what we do. And praise God, He has ordained us unto good works. We're like the good tree that brings forth good fruit. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word this day.